If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What is going on? Welcome to episode 47 of the Nintendo PowerCast. I'm your host, N64Josh, and my co-host on this one is Eric's. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up? I'm good, I'm good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm, dude, I'm good. Fighting a cold, but but good. Mm. I Can we just start off by saying, like, your beard <laughs> is, is, is a glorious thing. Thank you. I, I, I have yeah. to sacrifice this for the beard. So, <laughs> you sacrifice yeah. the top of the head. This is, this is what I always say. Like people are like, how do I grow this? And I'm like, well, you have to sacrifice your hair to the beard gods first, <laughs> and then, uh, and then now they've blessed me with with this here beard. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of, kind of lucky because if I didn't have a beard, like, I just, I just, I just like I'd have nothing. I'd be like little kind of bald peanut. So. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, before we get into this, if uh, if you guys are interested in getting a free book from Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash NPC, and there you can get one of my favorite books at the moment, which is uh, Super Mario, How Nintendo Conquered America. It's uh, basically a history on Nintendo and uh, really good stuff. And that's uh, audibletrial.com slash NPC. The chair I'm sitting in from OP Seat. If you go to opseat.com and use coupon code N64Josh, you can save yourself 10 bucks off a seat. They're comfortable. They're affordable. I highly recommend them. So opseat.com, <laughs> coupon code N64Josh. And lastly, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, go to podbean.com slash NPC. They're the company I use for all of the shows I do. And... I've done a lot of shows on Podbean, so <laughs> highly recommend them. Podbean.com slash NPC. All right. I'm all done selling out. Uh, <laughs> this is a special episode, guys. This is a Sunday morning. Not, 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 the, typical, not the typical PowerCast time, but uh, uh, Eric's is from across the pond. So in order, in order for us to not have to do this in like the middle of the night... <laughs> uh, we started at I appreciate nine. that yeah yeah, yeah uh, me too you know like I, y- it's like 5 p.m for you right somewhere around there and yeah it's and great yeah I've, I've done i've done a few i've done a few like two three a.m podcasts and i i can tell you that i do start to fall asleep <laughs> during them. Yeah. i try my best but i'm not a, i'm not a late uh, or early morning late person one of those ones yeah so no this is <laughs> this is uh, a good time well let's uh i want to I want to know about you, man. But before, like, and mm-hmm. so, you know, and before we talk about your channel and all that stuff, like, I kind of want to just talk about your 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 history with gaming, history with Nintendo. Sure. You know, so what? Uh, where did it all start? Like, what what'd you cut your teeth on? So, like, well, the first the first game I ever played was actually just before Nintendo. It was when I was uh when I was much younger. I was on the Sega Master System. Started off with Alex Kid in Miracle World. 
because I've got an older brother and he he had the console and I was just I was lit, I was basically two years old at the time and he would let me sit there wasn't very good obviously being two but I would just sit there with a control pad in my hand and be like yeah I'm I'm playing this game it's great um, and then for for quite a few years he was you know it was it was him that had the console so he went on to get an N64 so I then just followed in his footsteps so I you know I, I completely missed like the the PS2 era and like that because I went I went N64 to GameCube to Wii. Um, but yeah, for, so for, for me, I, I'd say like even though Sega Master System is where I started, like the proper proper games for me were Super Mario sixty four and Ocarina of Time. They are like my kind of I'm a gamer. This is why this is the, I love Nintendo. This is and that kind of shaped the uh, like my kind of direction going forward. Because yeah, I, I went on from because then after the N sixty four, I got myself a Game Boy Advance. I then which was my first ever console that I physically owned. Then I got uh, GameCube and then went into Wii, Wii U. And it literally wasn't until PS3 that I actually started to branch out beyond Nintendo. And then uh, shortly after PS3, I then went and got an Xbox 360. And then from that point onwards, I just buy all the consoles now. But yeah, I've, I was for a long time just a Nintendo kid. Interesting. I think that's also why, like, you know, even, even to this day, like, you know, Nintendo like, always has like a special place in my heart. You know, while I might on my channel cover, you know, predominantly like non-Nintendo stuff, it's like I will always like Nintendo is just like, where i belong i'll always come back to it it's where some it's where most of my favorite games are um you know a lot of my favorite gaming experiences and my, my memories and stuff they're all they're all on nintendo platforms so yeah that is uh that's me so what was it the was it the games on the wii that caused you to branch out you think <laughs> um i think i think yeah to a certain extent i think because i think um because i'm trying to remember what was because we launched was pretty pretty slow right because it would no, no it was no wasn't it it launched with Twilight Princess, didn't it? It did, yeah. The, it? the game, yeah, that's port. it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so so it came it came out strong because that's why I bought it because I was like, you know, like obviously huge Zelda fan. Like I played like all the Zelda games. I was like, I need to. Like, so I, so I picked it up for that. But then after that, it was a little bit slow for a bit. And then that's when like you know I had a uh, one of my friends at the time. He you know he was he'd obviously always been he grew up playing Nintendo and PlayStation. So you know he went PS one, PS two, PS three. So it was then it was that time that I started. He was like, you know, you should you should pick up PS three and play games with me. So I kind of branched out. So yeah, I think it was definitely after Twilight Princess the the sort of slow period with the Wii that made me uh maybe branch out because I was like, I need to play something, right? <laughs> I can't play Red Steel all day. <laughs> Red Steel. <laughs> that, that game that game was I, I had so many high hopes for that as well. When I saw the trailers, I was like, this game's gonna be amazing. I wanna walk around like a samurai and just be like, watch out. It's like, no, it just really wasn't. So it, it was it was not quite what I was hoping. So uh yeah. Can't play Red Steel all day, more like can't play Red Steel all ten minutes. Like <laughs> yeah, it's very true, it's very true. I kinda went in with my sort of like blinded vision to be with. I was like, this is this game is awesome and I had fun with it, and then I was like Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was that was that was probably the time. I think I think I then moved over and picked up like Assassin's Creed and Burnout to begin with on PS3, and then uh, and then I I think from that point onwards, I then just kind of like switched over. So it was Nintendo platforms then became more sort of the things I would go to for like the core titles, you know. So when like your yeah. Zelda, your Mario, your Mario Kart, or your Mario, anything like that would drop, then I would kind of go back for that. But then obviously anything outside of that, I then started to kind of branch out elsewhere. Yeah, I mean that kind of started to happen with the GameCube, right? And then mm. um and then the Wii almost like solidified that because there was so much yeah. just shovelware that ended up on that system. It was like the best-selling system with very few at least for Nintendo, but with very few games other than their handhelds, but um mm. uh I love the GameCube though. I miss I miss the GameCube. That was a that was I guess cuz cuz for me that was my first ever like home console. So that was like, 
I got that for I got that as a special Christmas bundle as well because I was I was I was asking for when I was you know at Christmas time I was asking my parents for it and and there was like a bundle in sorry there's a plane flying over the top by the way hey, you know? we do it live <laughs> it's all right um, there's um yeah there was there was this Christmas bundle and they had like the GameCube with the um the Master Sword collection so it, like, there was a little disc that had a demo of Wind Waker on also had Ocarina of Time Master Quest uh, Majora's Mask and I think it also had the original Zelda and I think it also had yeah, it was like it was like a mega disc with that, and so I I got that, and that was uh that was a brilliant Christmas. I just went back through playing like playing all those, and that's that's when I actually discovered um, Wind Waker. So I got into that kind of slightly later, but then yeah, love that, so good. Yeah, man, the the GameCube is probably one of my it's up there with my with my top Nintendo systems because of the yeah um, just because of some of those titles and like Metroid Prime and. Uh, Mario Sunshine, that kind of stuff, and like, Smash Bros. as well, yeah. Right, and it also, exactly. of course, gave birth to like one of the best controllers, exactly. Like, ever. Yep. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, what would you say? Like, let's go back to the '64 for a little bit. So, what were some of your favorite titles? I mean, you mentioned Mario and Zelda. Were there were there other ones on there as well that you like Mario Ooh, Kart or so Goldeneye? Many. That kind yeah. of stuff. So, I mean, so yeah, Mario Kart definitely. Um, Goldeneye. For one, like that. So, so again, being my brother's console, like we used to play games a lot together, and I would lose a lot of the games. He was the older brother, so if we were play, when we were playing like Goldeneye, I would just always lose that one. But I would, I was the guy that went around as odd job, being like the short guy who would just try and be a pain when you're playing there. But we used to play like <laughs> play play facility, and it was like slaps only or karate oh, yeah. chops. Good, <laughs> good game, good game. So it was it was so good, right? So you run around as odd job, like. <laughs> So that was that was uh, that was good fun. Um, yeah, Mario Kart was brilliant. Blast Core, do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. It came out oh, on the I rare love- replay on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that oh, that game was so so good. In fact, that was that was also one of like that one um, and Donkey Kong sixty four. You know what? Like, it's funny when 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 we talk when I kind of talk about things like Mario sixty four and Donkey Kong sixty four. It seems quite a dangerous thing to say, but I don't know. I feel like part of me prefers Donkey Kong sixty four. Oh, tread, like, tread lightly, tread lightly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, here, here's my justification, right? Mario 60, Super Mario 64 is an incredible game, and I, I love it. It's one of my all-time favorites. But as as a kid, I was like, I, Mar- like monkeys, my favorite animals, and I was like, well, Donkey Kong 64 is basically just like Mario 64 with monkeys. <laughs> so I was like, what's not to like? Right. Um, but no, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I love both those ones. So yeah, so that that one for sure. Um, Perfect Dark, of course. Yeah, like that again. Obviously, yeah, you know that tr- transitions nicely from uh, from Goldeneye, and um, I mean, so many so many games in that. But I think I think definitely like my my highlight one had to be had to be Ocarina of Time because for a long time, following Ocarina like Ocarina of Time, literally up until Switch was my favorite game of all time, like ever. If anyone would ever ask my, you know, fr- from the moment I played it, then for the the next however many years, if anyone was ever like, "What's your favorite game?" It would just be instantly Ocarina of Time, no question. Until Breath of the Wild came out, oh, it dethroned it, huh? It did because the, the thing is, it happened like, every, every single Zelda game that released after that. It was always a case of will it be Ocarina of Time? So you know, like, I played, I played through loads. I mean, I love, and there's a lot of them that come that came really close. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed Twilight Princess, but like, that was a little bit too easy, a little bit too short. So like, it doesn't quite have the same same factor. Um, and then you know, Wind Waker came close again, but then each time there'd just be something that wasn't quite there. But then Breath of the Wild when it came out, and I just because because like, it was nice as well because obviously since like since doing YouTube now, I, I experience games slightly differently. So I don't always get the chance to sit down like I did when I was a kid and just be like, I'm just going to play this all day. So Breath of the Wild, because it was so important to me, I was like, I'm going to enjoy this like I, like I was a kid. So I took about four days off from making videos, just sat there 
in my pajamas all day playing it <laughs> and i literally had the best time i've had in a long time and because i experienced it like that i got to and I, I got to the end of it and i was like you know what sure there are there are some things that ocarina does but like ocarina still has like better music and there are so you know there's a there's a few different things that like individually it might do but then when i look at breath of the world as a whole picture i'm just like you know what this this game is incredible and for me that is now my number one game which is nice. It's, it's nice to it's nice finally to be able to sort of say that my, my favorite game of all time is something that is more current because a lot of the time people's favorite games are just kind of steeped in nostalgia, right? So it's like, oh, you know, it's a game that I played 20 years ago and it might not actually be better than games that are right now, but just because you got that memory. So yeah, that was uh that was fun. So we're gonna we're gonna continue on this uh this little uh rabbit trail for a second. Yeah, yeah. What uh how does Odyssey compare against breath of the wild for you like let's say even for like game of the year do you think like mm. what uh, so i mean odyssey odyssey is incredible but for me it still won't be it still won't be breath of the wild i mean like it's it's a kind of a, a slightly biased thing because i'm such a huge zelda fan like, I, I love mario like no questions asked and, and like, it'll be a very close second but i think because it's you know because it's Breath of the Wild and, you know, and, and it's Zelda, it's always going to have that, that bonus point for me. If Zelda wasn't the, if Zelda didn't come out this year, Mario Odyssey would be my game of the year, like hands down, no questions asked. But because Breath of the Wild is out, it's going to have to take second place for me. But it is, it is incredible. It, I mean, it's it's nice to to have another game that fits into that sixty four sunshine galaxy sort of space. Like I, I love Galaxy, but for me, Galaxy didn't quite match up to uh, say 64 and sunshine for me hmm. so this this is this is uh this is definitely the one like the one I just, I've, 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 sorry, i mean like i haven't had time to play it as i'd like I've, I've played through like the kind of golden line got to the, the you know done done the like sort of mission but now i'm kind of going back trying to sort of systematically collect moons so i can unlock the other the other two kingdoms so there's still a lot more for me to do yeah. but yeah odyssey is 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 incredible yeah i'm in the i'm in the place where i need to i want to go back and play breath of the wild some more like go back do more uh shrines that kind of stuff before i make um that decision because it uh it, it doesn't it wouldn't be quite fair right now because i'm riding that mario odyssey high so but uh-oh we may be having a technical difficulty he is he is frozen solid right now let's see i'm gonna stop the recording all right we're back we're back. Cool. Who knows what happened? Discord just said, so, "Hey, you know." Yeah, sorry about that. It was, it was really weird because I mean, my internet didn't even say that it had gone down. Uh, but yeah, Discord was just like, I, "I don't even know what was going on." Yeah, crazy. What but, was funny? The way you were staring so intently at me, the way you froze, that I was like, <laughs> "Is he that interested in what I'm saying right now?" Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He's gone. Oh, He's gone. So dear. I'm not sure what what you heard me say, but basically. Like I'm at the point that I want to go back and play breath of the wild some more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then really try to, you know, look at both of them, uh, and decide which one, which one's going to be game yeah. of the year. Yeah. I mean, cause I think for me, cause I, cause I invested a lot of time into breath of the wild. So I went through, I've got all the shrines and I was on the quest to getting all the Korok seeds. Um, and then I kind of put, put it on the back burner for a bit. Cause obviously hard mode was coming out and I wanted to kind of, I do want to do like a hundred percent playthrough on that i was a little bit kind of apprehensive at first because at the time of doing it there was no ability to back up your save file and i was like i don't really want to go for 100 percent if something happens because yeah. i'm going to cry if i get 900 korok seeds so now that that's there 
I might just do like a because I, I, I want to go back to it. Like I wanted to stream the whole game, but again, timing and just didn't really work. So I might when there's like a lull in gaming next time, I might try and do like a hard mode playthrough and just go and blitz it all. But yeah, that's I mean that's it's, it's fair to to want to kind of like you know invest in equal time in both of them. But for me, yeah, there's there's no uh, I submitted my golden joystick uh, submissions and it was all like Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. Oh, okay, cool. So cool. Yeah. I I think one of the things that excites me the most is that we are getting um, one, we've gotten two Nintendo games from Nintendo this year that are both even in talks that are like at yeah. the top of the list for, for game of the year, but so many other games from them as well. Like, you know, even to hear you say like breath of the wild is now my, my new favorite Zelda game. Mm. How many generations has that taken for that to be the case, right? From, yeah. from Ocarina till now. And so, you know, and especially with with uh, you know older IP. I mean, you don't get much mm. older IP than <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, than, yeah. Than Zelda, and they're still keeping it. They're they're still keeping it fresh. They're trying new things, and it's mm. it's paying off. It's paying off huge. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just incredibly impressed with um just just Switch like year one as a whole. I mean, because you look back at like any other launch for any console really and like re- like typically launch year is never the strongest point right you'll try they might try and launch with a couple of decent games and then you know like later in the year you might have a couple of other things but generally speaking after the console you- you're kind of used to the fact that the console will come out and then things are slow for a little bit right but switch has just been every i mean practically every month there's been something you know we went from zelda into mario kart and sure mario kart is a re-release but it was still great i mean it's, it's it's an incredible game and it's a game that i wanted to have on the switch anyway and to kind of like bring it back into the docs package was great you know we went from that into like arms we had splatoon we've obviously had mario and in between that we've had a few other you know there's, there's plenty of like great support on the eShop as well and knowing that you know we've got xenoblade at the end of the year i mean it's, it's been like i mean it's, it's, as far as my memory can go probably one of the best console launches i can remember like as you know, as as the year goes yeah dude i totally agree i mean it uh yeah. i mean thinking back on just even the xbox one and the the ps4 it was like it was kind of a ghost town on, yeah on yeah i mean systems. exactly yeah i mean i i picked up i picked up my yeah i mean i picked up mine like you know there were a couple of couple of solid games to begin with and i didn't really play it much beyond that point for for, for a while so yeah I, I think it's uh and the nice thing as well is i mean there's there's so much stuff that they're still potentially hinting at i mean like we for example a couple of things that are like massively on my radar are um the hints that keep coming from cameo like wonderful 101 and bayonetta like, I'm, I'm massive fans of like both those games but wonderful 101 specifically i really want that to come to switch because that was an incredible game on wii u but it didn't get the attention it deserved because let's be honest it was just on the wii u right a lot of people weren't going to try it if that comes to switch that game is so good so and like you know i mean there's there's like there's some art for it and like cameo has been tweeting like kind of sorry has been tweeting and whatnot so and i think a lot of those things like that they're they're probably just banking them because if they if they can replicate what they did last year next year you know they, they could go into january and be like all right new direct by the way bayonetta one and two are coming wonderful 101's coming oh by the way we've also got smash brothers like smash brothers deluxe like mm-hmm. i think that's going to happen i i mean the fact that you've got the gamecube controller support the fact that i mean i think the last i think it was two directs ago smash brothers was in the tags anyway so it's obviously there somewhere. And again, it's, it's a clever strategy, right? It just means that if they can dip back into some of the solid games from Wii U that just didn't kind of get the appreciation they deserved and re-release them again, they, they're good ways to tide over until we get here more about Metroid or until we hear like new game stuff. So yeah, that, that I, uh, I'm excited. Yeah. And I mean, you know, hopefully, ho- hopefully we see like Mario maker. 
you know like yeah, oh yeah yeah that need that like, needs to happen that needs to happen yeah that needs to get on the system um and i mean the, the problem with the wii u was that one not that many people had it but exactly yeah like we talked about a little bit ago the wii had kind of solidified in nintendo fans minds like i'm only buying nintendo games on a nintendo system and it was yeah. very unfortunate for any third parties on the wii because nothing sold very well and uh, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. But games like like I even saw like a, a, a his his name's Amiibo Jason and he just picked up Doom and he's like, oh, yeah, I need Bayonetta on the switch. Mm. Like it needs to be here. And I mean, yeah, I, I'm all for it. Like the switch I mean, allows me to play games far more than I was able to on the Wii U because of being able to take it on the go. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, it's, it's literally like the perfect console for me. I think, I think that's why like I love it so much because it's a funny thing like. I always feel weird saying this because if someone's like, oh, what's your favorite console? It, it feels strange to say this when the game, when the console hasn't even been out a year, but I honestly feel like the Switch is now my favorite game console as well because I've always been a fan of portable gaming, but also home console. So the, the fact that I can I can get both of those out my Nintendo Switch, like I've, you know, growing up as a Nintendo kid, I've always had an appreciation for gameplay first, graphics later. Like I'm not really a graphics guy. So like I'm not worried that it's not always like 1080p60 or this, that, or, or anything like that. I'm just like, it's solid games that I can play anywhere. So yeah, it's... Definitely, I think I think that's gonna. I think it's. I mean, the, I mean, to that point as well. Like you were talking about, like Bayonetta. I mean, I bought Bayonetta two, and it's still in the cellophane because I never got around to playing it on Wii U. Like, I, I, I wanted to. Play, I played through number one, loved it. Yeah. But this just. I mean, like another one as well. I mean, they just released uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. I would love them to re-release Hyrule Warriors because again, I bought that in the cellophane, still never had a chance to play it. You're a man after my own heart. I got to tell you, I have a lot of games that I buy and never play. I know, right? Well, because the thing is, because sometimes it's the it's the the collectors. Like I I bought the um, they got you know, remember like for a while for the Wii U, they had those big square boxes for some of them where they would like you have the disc in the back and you have like something in the front. So I bought the Mario Kart version of that that came with the the blue shell. I bought the Hyrule Warriors one that came with the scarf, and I bought the Bayonetta one. But none of them I played. (laughs) It's just terrible. Yeah, yeah, that blue shell never came to the states. I'm still sad about that. So really, um, yeah. oh yeah. Oh no, I'm it's, sorry. It's, it did, but right oh here. my gosh, I'm super jealous right now. It did, I'm but sure. it was a it was a special edition of the game that you could only pick up at the Nintendo World Store. Oh no, wait, that was it. So um, <sighs> yeah, so it goes for close to a grand on eBay. I was I looked at it not too long ago and I was like, whoa, that's not cheap. Um, so. So I've never played Bayonetta 2 either because when I bought that uh that disc it had one in it so I'm like well I'm going to start this first so I got like a couple hours in on one yeah and then never never <laughs> never got back and Kirby Geek in my chat is going to start losing it cuz every time <laughs> I say I haven't played a game she's always like why am I here I'm leaving I can't handle this so. oh amazing <laughs> See, y'all are killing me. Never playing Bayo too. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. We're, we're just, we've just been waiting yes. until it's out on Switch. We're gonna just, play it on Switch. Just just patiently waiting. So I know, right? Um, okay, so we we totally went we totally went down a, a rabbit trail, but I'm glad it was a good time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you answered this question of what your favorite Nintendo console was. You said the Switch. Uh, what was Switch. it before that? Um. I feel like it. I, I feel like it would probably would have been the 3ds because, like again, like loving portable gaming. Like, I've got a lot of time in 3ds. And, you know, I mean, for example, as a, as a Monster Hunter fan, I just sunk thousands of hours into it. Yeah. So I think 
probably yeah i think it probably would have to be 3ds and probably if i had to look towards like home console then it would um probably like n64 something like that but yeah yeah i think i think i think i think prior to prior to switch my, my 3ds basically went everywhere with me like i would just take it if i was going on trips or traveling and stuff it would just go in my bag um i think i've i've had like six seven 3ds's or something like that so I, one of the one of the one of the guys in the discord is is actually getting a 3ds um i don't know if he had one before or whatever but he he's always asking like what are some of the games i should get so what uh. what 3ds games would you would you recommend if you if you were new to the system so 100 percent monster hunter either generations or four ultimate Okay. Both of them are incredible games. Generations is the newer one, probably slightly easier to get into, but doesn't have as much of a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four Ultimate is like Four Ultimate is made by what they call like the main team, and if you were going to play like World, it's probably like the closest comparison to that, but it's slightly older. Um, I would say definitely. I, what's the name of it? The newest Zelda game on 3DS. Not. Is it gonna, oh no! Link between Our, worlds. Link between it, yeah. worlds. I mean, and then yeah. uh, the newest one is like the tri. The the. <laughs> like. I really like Triforce Heroes. I love that game. You know, I really like that. I had a lot of fun playing that. Like, a lot of people gave it some hate, but you know what? I really, really like that one. It, it's it's definitely like if you if you haven't played a Zelda game before, it's not a true Zelda experience. It's not what you would typically experience from a Zelda game. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd say yeah. Link between worlds. Uh, Triforce Heroes. I would say. One of the Monster Hunter games, definitely a Pokemon, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'd, I'd say that, that that's a good place to kind of get yourself started. There's, there's obviously plenty more games on there. Animal Crossing. <laughs> hey, me and Animal Crossing don't get on too well. I, pre- I, I feel like I feel like I'm going to have some 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 fighting words with some people in your chat. I do apologize in advance. <laughs> so so here, here, let me tell you my my Animal Crossing tales. You see, so so I, I for the first time picked it up on 3ds because people were like oh animal crossing is so good you should play it so i picked it up i was like you know what i'm gonna do it i'll, I'll, I'll listen to some recommendations i started playing it i started like i started enjoying it. i started really getting into it and then at one moment i just had this, this i had this point of realization where i was like i'm basically just doing chores <laughs> i'm like why am i going around cleaning up this village dealing with these rude annoying villagers that i don't even want here i was like you know what I've had it and I'm going to stop cleaning up their town and I just stopped all my jobs and I was like, you know what, I'm going to come back in like three months and hopefully it'll be like a barren wasteland and nothing but skeletons of all the little villages. Um, and from that point onwards, I was like, you know what, I hate Animal Crossing. I'm not going to play it. So uh, <laughs> so I hate to break it to you. I mean, I would play it on Switch. I would, I would completely sell out and be like, you know what, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, I'll play it. But I would also complain every minute of it as well. Oh. Hey, you got it like uh, ages 90 or 8. Oh, I'm jeez. My my coffee hasn't set in. I thought it said ages. Um, I'm eight eight. I don't even know how to say it, but they agree. It's the same same. Nice. There we go. There we go. See see. um, Just fishing. All you need to do. No 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 no. Yeah, that's the dude. Fish video game fishing like like ocarina man. I would sit there forever just fishing like. That's right? thinking you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I love, I do have to go back. I said Link to the Past as the newest Zelda. I'm like not even halfway through my first cup of coffee. So please, <laughs> guys, just forgive me. I do know, I do know when games came out most of the time. <laughs> I just haven't played them. That's all. It's all, it's I all probably it's bought all them, just haven't played them. So, yeah, still in cellophane. Um, well, that's cool, man. That's cool. I want to get into, I want to get into your channel and like, sure. like 
I'm, I'm curious about like the, the history of your channel and, and just some of the steps you took to get to where you are now over, over half a million subs. I mean, that's uh that's no small feat, man. That's, <laughs> that's very impressive. So, um, what got you started with YouTube? So, um, is my, my, well, so I run the channel with my friend. My friend is the one that got it uh, got it started. So it's it's myself and two six nine. We both used to work at Microsoft, and basically while we were there, like one point two six was just like we should start a YouTube channel. They had a games library we could just borrow games for free, and we're like let's just you know mess around with it and see what see what's going on. So to begin with, like the first year was very sort of experimental. Like that was back before like, I had I had I was kind of a sort of a much more shy person then, so I didn't really like talking on camera or anything like that. So we basically used to upload like raw gameplay. So I, I think, funnily enough, one of our most successful videos when we started was, do you remember a game called Asura's Wrath? Nope. Okay. So, uh, I mean, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't a Nintendo game, but it was, it was, um, but it was, it was really like, it was, uh, it's, it's basically like a, a, a kind of hacker slash button mashing kind of game sort of thing. But it was done in such a way where each of the chapters is like a 20 minute episode. And it kind of feels like watching an anime. It was like over the top, really, really cool, amazing, amazing game. I just uploaded an entire raw playthrough for that. And like people were just like years later, people were still watching it. Most of those episodes got like hundreds of thousands of views. And this was just a brand new channel. Like, like I, it was a tiny channel, but people were just watching it. Cause I think, I think literally the way you could enjoy the game was just like, um, you, you could sit down and literally watch like anime. So, mm. so I started doing that. And then I, then I imported, um, a PS Vita from Japan and started sort of doing some videos then. And that was before I could even record directly. So that was, that was like really old school. I had a camera point. I had a camera tripod pointed at the screen, no holding way. it in a really awkward angle. Like, uh, don't, don't twist it too much. And then trying to sort of like turn the lights off. So the screen was, the screen was nice and bright and obviously because it was an OLED, I could kind of get away with that. So that's, um, that's what we started. And, you know, that was, that was definitely like the, like the sort of first year, but I was definitely in that sort of experimental phase where I wasn't really sure whether I enjoyed YouTube or anything like that. Um, but we kept, you know, we kept it going. And then after, say, sort of like, you know, the first six, 12 months, I started to kind of, you know, find my feet and whatnot. And then I actually moved over because when we started, both, uh, both myself and 2.6 were um, game testers at Microsoft. So we were working on Forza Horizon. Hmm. And, um, and then when Xbox One was kind of like being developed, I moved over to their London studio to work on their video platform upload. So it's basically kind of because, you know, I was, I was doing YouTube at the time and they were like, we want someone that kind of does video stuff. So I moved over there and started doing like a lot of like, community building account management and just like video production there um and then that kind of when i did that i think that's that i think it was that moment that like youtube really clicked for me because then i started to properly kind of like see video in a different light because not only was it my job at microsoft but it was also like i had just a different appreciation for it and then from that point onwards that's kind of where i'd say that the channel started to properly properly grow but even then it was still something we ran in the background because we both had full-time jobs you know so it was very much like that. And then fast forward like 18 months. And then unfortunately I got maybe redundant at Microsoft. They were doing some shifts around. They were like, we just, you know, thanks for your work. We don't really need you anymore. And just decided to try and take a, take a gamble. Like at that point, two, six was still at Microsoft for like another six months, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a risk, take a year out, just try and go full time. Um, and then I set like a, we set like a rough goal for the end of the year. And we're like, if we can try and hit that, that'll be the point where I can, we can agree and say, we're going to make this work. And if we don't hit that, then I'll go back and get a job. And then luckily, it did work out. Um, we hit like, I think, cause I went full time, which was a crazy thing. I would never recommend anyone does this, but I went full time on about 44,000 subscribers, which like at the time was a bit kind of, you know, we were, we weren't really sort of too sure. There wasn't really a stable base in the channel. So it was a bit of a risky thing to do, but you know, having worked at Microsoft, I had like a baseline that I could afford to be a bit risky with. So did that. And then, yeah, luckily managed to sort of hit hundred, hundred K subs by the end of the year. And then we're like, yeah, you know, this is a base we can build off of. And then two, six left Microsoft as well. We then kind of started working it together 
and then the rest is uh kind of history so to speak but I'm, I'm i'm really glad i did it that way though because it gave me such a better understanding when it comes to working with developers and publishers because obviously having done that at microsoft and working with them it just means that you know i had a, i had an insight into the business i understood the process and then it meant that you know when i went to work on youtube and i wanted to kind of go back to people and be like look this is what i'm doing now let me work with you guys then um and yeah it just made it a lot easier so that's that's kind of where it is now so yeah so, so fast forward to now it's still both myself and 269 26 streams a lot more so he's um he streams over on twitch a lot you know six days a week basically and i then predominantly make the videos and then that's uh that's sort of our, our setup that's awesome dude that is that is that is freaking awesome like i i love i love hearing that um mm. what like what was going through your head when microsoft's like uh hey sorry like we're i mean was there like the initial panic of oh i just got let go or were you like um, i'm ready to jump in both feet and you know i don't i don't, I don't think i don't think it minded too much i think i think because we had the channel right i think it, like in the back of our minds both both myself and two six like we were always like we want to build something that we can do ourselves that doesn't mean we have to work for someone right and i think i think it was always in the back of our mind but you know when you work for a company like microsoft it's a good company it's a good job i was never gonna take that risk myself i was never gonna you know have my notice in one day and say guys i quit i'm gonna go into youtube full-time because quite frankly i wasn't brave enough so i was almost kind of grateful when it happened because it, it gave me like the kick that i needed it was like you know this is this is your chance to try this because otherwise i wouldn't have done it you know i i mean if that didn't happen and i wasn't a redundant I'm, i might still be working at microsoft and just slowly growing the channel in the background so um so yeah i think i think because of the youtube stuff i, th- I think it I, I actually quite i kind of welcomed it if i didn't if i hadn't done youtube and then i was made redundant then i'd be like crap you know what do i do next so right. um but yeah no i think i think we actually actually kind of yeah i was i was uh it was welcome so it's literally one of those circumstances where getting let go was one of the best things for you a hundred percent yeah li- literally yeah. I, i'm i look back now and i'm just like the stuff that the stuff that i'm able to do now the you know, places i've been the stuff that i covered just, they're just just being able to like even though you know there's still like a long way for me to go before it's kind of where i feel like i'm truly comfortable where i want it to be but like to know that we've built something that is our own you know we and we work for ourselves like there is there is no like I mean, apart from technically speaking, YouTube is, you could say YouTube is everyone's boss, right? Because like right, they control right. the algorithm, but yeah. like largely like we do what we want. Right. And it's just, it's just nice being able to know that. I mean, you do find that when you work for yourself, you work more. So I basically work seven days a week. I shouldn't do, I try, I try, I am trying to claw back weekends and just make sure that I cover stuff, but still, uh, you know, like I, I live by the motto of like work now, so I don't have to work later. That's what I'm trying to sort of, that's yeah. what I try to push towards, but no, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean the old saying goes entrepreneurs will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. You know. Yeah. For someone yeah, yeah, else yeah, yeah. basically. So, um and that I mean, hey, but if you're doing something you love, it doesn't always feel like work, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there there there's there's definitely no uh, like, you know, to anyone that's sort of like, you know, wants to kind of get into YouTube. There there are definitely times where it definitely feels like work when things get like super busy and there's just so much stuff going on, and you just can't like you can't I know, see the wood for the trees and you can't kind of like think about how how you can uh, because i cover so many different games for example the times when it gets tough is when like everything's happening at once you know there might be like i've had i've had situations where on the same day it'll be like a monster Hunter trailer drops there's some destiny news that drops there's a division trailer there's an update for overwatch and i'm just like what am i supposed to do and there are times like that when you're just like 
Holy God. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, get um, the coffee going because yeah. it's going to be it's a long yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> I, live on a, I, li- I live on a lot of coffee. But yeah, um, but, yeah but, but I think, but yeah, largely, largely you, don't, like, you take a step back and you're like, you know what, this is, yeah, it's, it's great being able to do it. And you do enjoy it. You know, it, it, it is something that I love doing. I get to, uh, I get to work with games, work, you know, working, and I work with like different um, developers and publishers as well. So it's nice being able to kind of go out and check out things. And yeah, so I wouldn't have it any other way. Drummer in my chat says, yeah, Josh, he's trying to have weekends off. Good going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is, this is, this is fun. This is fun. This isn't work. This isn't- <laughs> oh man. So, um, what, what do you think, what, what has helped you get to the, the, the size that you are, the, the over half a million subs? Like what, I mean, obviously there's not like a magic formula, but like no. what, what are some of the steps you feel like you, you took to get to this point? So I think um, there are a few, there are a few switches. So like I look back to sort of when we first started, when I was kind of unsure about YouTube, yeah, there was no schedule to what we did. Like we would just upload, like sometimes I would upload two or three videos a week. Sometimes I wouldn't upload a video for a week. Sometimes I just do whatever. Whereas I think, I think the real turning point for the channel, the first turning point was destiny. Destiny was when that came out, that was the point where the channel we made a switch to daily. We first, we made a switch to daily videos. So like, regardless, like when we started covering destiny, which I think we started a little bit before the alpha. So like kind of a couple months before the alpha, something like that. So when that happened, we started churning out, like, even though we were at Microsoft, like that was, that was the tough part. Cause when I was doing the stuff for upload, I like, it wasn't a normal working day. Like I would work probably, I'd get into the office at like eight in the morning. I'd often leave at like 10 o'clock at night and I'd still go home and make a daily video. And like, that was, that was the real grind. But then I think that well, when that was happening, um, that was a real shift for us because we got to this point where there was a schedule. People knew they could come back on a daily basis. There was going to be a new video. And then there was so much interest at that time with destiny that we were able to kind of like, you know, we, we established ourselves as a destiny channel for quite some time. And we then, you know, that, that helped us grow. We, you know, we, we did that from the alpha into the beta into launch and for a good long while that, that, you know, that heavily built. And it was at that point we started kind of thinking, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to start like adding staple games. So like among the channel, we, we cover, um, a large portion of games and you know when when games come out we'll do you know we'll do nintendo games we'll do like new games whenever they come out but there are three games that are basically there week in week out no matter what then and they are destiny uh monster hunter and division divisions are a little bit slow right now because of course where it is and the nature of the staple titles sometimes they'll go in flux um but yeah so after so, so when destiny sort of one was in its sort of first lull we we started introducing more monster hunter content because we actually, we actually did monster hunter before destiny came out i covered ultimate but back then i still that was in my sort of learning youtube phase so i wasn't really i, I prefer not to talk about those ones because they're they're on the channel but those those tutorials are not very good i didn't do my research there's some incorrect information in there mm-hmm. um so it wasn't too great but yeah so so we did we did that and then we then uh Monster hunter 4 ultimate came out so i then you know made con- a lot of content for that as well and that being quite niche you know it's it's very difficult to record 3ds gameplay you know i i, I bought the modded 3ds so i could do that so in, in that in itself it was already you know there, were, there weren't many people covering it so we did you know so we covered that and then obviously when division came out um that was our next big spike because we covered we covered division that was a that was a big one we we covered that probably about a year and a half before the game came out so you know any news any trailers any kind of theories speculation um just sort of you know carry with that and that that, that went into into launch and of course the game then was massive to begin with so they were probably our three big spikes it was it was literally yeah it was definitely sort of initial destiny wave continual monster hunter coverage into division and then from that point we sort of you know 
try to make a bigger effort to clearly diversify because by doing that we we established these sort of like three groups on our channel there were people that were just there for monster hunter people that were just there for destiny and i think people now have a much greater understanding that we are a gaming channel and that while we do have a lot of content for those games people now like if i throw up a mario video if i throw up a zelda video people aren't going to be like where's my destiny video they're just gonna be like all right you know it's a new thing um and then from that point onwards it's just consistency it's just down to we have sort of dialed back a little bit more recently because there was for probably for about two years solid we did daily videos and just didn't didn't really miss a beat and then beginning this year we kind of reassessed a little bit and we're like you know we're only going to do daily videos if it makes sense i don't ever want to upload a video just for the sake of hitting daily like if, if suddenly there's not something to talk about, I'm not going to upload a video. Um, but yeah, I think I think they were the main things. It was definitely finding a schedule, sticking to it, finding games that work for you, and just sort of you know trying to like integrate yourself in there and just trying to provide something that you know not necessarily everyone else does. I gotta say from the chat here, Kukachu says your Monster Hunter videos at Eric's Gaming you've made um, you've made awesome. me and my wife super hyped for it. You know, yes, so. uh, the world is going to be so good, so so good. Yeah. So, and Monster Hunter is a series I play with my son. Like he loves it. We oh, nice. we bought two Wii U's to be able to play online together, Amazing. and um, for Monster Hunter Three, and then um, I mean he pl- he has a Switch, and I see him with his new 2DS playing Monster Hunter more often than uh, really. Um, yeah, that's just he just he loves that series. The problem is he's always way further along, like along than me. So like, oh, I'm no like, way. hey, let's go hunt something. He's like. Dad, I can kill that in like three hits. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sweet. So let's get me some good armor, you know? Yeah, let's do it. Let's but, do it. But I think, I think, um, I love hearing what you were saying about how you, you stayed diverse enough in your channel that your audience knew, you, you know, knew that they could expect <laughs> different games. And I, I see in the, in the destiny community, a lot people like, if they go to cover something else, the comments they get on their videos are so yeah. harsh and so like, this isn't destiny. What are you doing? I'm unsubscribing, you know, mm. like, and, uh, it's, yeah, it is a struggle. It's something, it's something that's always baffled me as well. I mean, like I, I know different people consume content in different ways. My mindset, like if, if someone, if I subscribe to someone for destiny and they upload a different video, I would never like, if, if it doesn't interest me, I just quite simply wouldn't watch it. I, I, I don't, there's, there's a, there's this weird subset of people that will, actively get angered by seeing something that they're not used to and they're like i'm gonna go to the comments and tell people that this is not a destiny video this is simply unacceptable and i'm gonna it's like we don't need that but but i mean yeah i i do know i like yeah because i know a lot of the, like the destiny guys and and during like the destiny yeah the destiny downtime they they did want to kind of jump for it because i mean at the end of the day we're all gamers right they do play other games exactly. they might only cover one game but if they want to do that yeah it's, it's it is it is hard for them so I'm definitely like I couldn't I couldn't be a single game channel let's be you know like, let's be honest even if it's my favorite game like I, I couldn't cover one game only because i would just i would just go insane like i just i like to be able to jump between games and knowing that we can kind of share that with the audience is is great yeah we got a question from uh deathless poets is which console will you be playing uh, monster hunter world on uh predominantly ps4 to begin with because sony do have the exclusive on it um so there'll be a few i think they're gonna be like, like for example the aloy quest they they show that'll be like exclusive to playstation so i think there'll be like some additional dlc so yeah i'll start off on ps4 i might go to xbox at some point and then when it comes out on pc but yeah i'll definitely start on ps4 gotcha all right well hey let's uh let's see next question i have here is what have been some of the coolest opportunities that have come about because of your channel 
Hmm. I think I, it's definitely going to be. I can answer on. one for you. I think sure. you won the internet when they gave you the axe at Bungie up in the mountains <laughs> and took that picture, dude. I was like, this, this, yep. is, this is the coolest guy, period. Like that axe, that beard. It's it was made it's right? game over. It's game over. Yeah, I mean that. That's <laughs> I was actually going to say that's that's probably got to be one of the best trips because because sometimes like. Uh, a lot of these press trips, they, I mean, they're really good, but sometimes they're, they're very, very intense. It's like you land, you go to the end of the venue, you do what you need to do, you, have, you head back out. Like there's literally no downtime. The Rise of Iron was like a really great trip because they flew us in like two days early. So we just had like a cabin up in like the mountains mm. and we had like basically just a day and a half just to chill. So we just sat by the pool, just like drinking champagne in the, in the, in the cabins and then went up the mountain and he yeah, opposed with the axe. And that was, that was incredible. Um, and then we went to Bungie to do the recording and then came back. So yeah, I think, I think the rise of Iron trip was definitely one of them. Um, also the most recent trip I did when I went to, uh, Osaka, Japan for Monster Hunter world, mm-hmm. because I mean, I love, I love going to Japan anyway. Like I've, I go there quite a lot. Uh, I think this was like my sixth or seventh trip. Um, and like, just, I mean, obviously as a huge Monster Hunter fan, being able to sit down with the developers, like I've met them in passing in like previous events. Like, you know, I've gone to E3, I've gone to like Gamescom and had a quick interview with them, but in like an interview situation, you never really get to like sit down and properly chat to them. But when I was there for two days, solid playing and like the developers just standing behind you, just chatting. And then we went out for dinner in the evening and went out to like karaoke and stuff and like really just sat down and played with them. Um, it was just so nice to sort of like see the other side of them. Like, cause you know, when, when they're in interviews, they're, they're very kind of on brand. Right. But when you're, when you're out just like drinking and just having food, they're just, they're just humans. Right. And they just, it was just, it was just so nice to be like connect with them and do that. And obviously being, being in Japan as well. So I definitely say those, those two are probably, um, probably two of my, my highlight trips, but there, there've been some other pretty cool things. I mean, like when, um, earlier, was it? Yeah, earlier this year, there was like a um, a kind of a local trip for like Sniper Elite. So they took us down to like a, a gun range, got us to fire some sniper rifles into silicon heads, and then they used the slow motion cameras to try and replicate that. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> Dude, that sounds amazing. In fact, that, oh that, the funny gosh. thing about that one was that they, they did it because they, they got the head. They got um, food coloring in it. They, and then they, they recruit like, and this is the first time I'd ever shot a sniper and I got like a really lucky shot and got it straight through the head. And then at the end of the day, they were like, Oh, do you want to, do you want to take the head home? And they gave it to me in a blast, a black, a black plastic bag. I was like, sure, I'll carry it home. And then like realized once I did, they, they were like, you don't want to keep this for too long, by the way. So I got home and I was like, I should probably put this in the bin thinking to myself, what happens when the dustbin man turns up and goes to get this out of the bin? And there's, a, there's a head with a bullet hole in it. Like they're going to, they're going to make some questions here. So, um, yeah, that was. Uh, did you turn on Dexter at that point? And you're like, okay, what can I do here? Like, did you get? <laughs> did you just tie a cinder block to it and throw it in the water? Or? <laughs> Imagine that! Oh my goodness, that would have been. Whew, that would have been crazy. Oh, that got dark quick. Sorry about that. Uh, That's all right. <laughs> so, what advice um, would you give uh, aspiring YouTubers, content creators, um, trying to get into this? I would say. First things first, don't pay attention to numbers to begin with. Cause like numbers, this is the biggest, this is the biggest thing that hurts a lot of people. They start out, they, they'll look at their favorite YouTuber, they'll look at someone else and they'll be like, I can do this. I want to do this. And they'll make a video, they'll make a video. And like, and sometimes I've, I've seen so many people that are like new channels that make incredible content, but they'll make the video and it'll get two views, five views, 10 views. And people will, they'll, they'll just be like, what am I doing wrong? And it's like, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just that you need to realize that in order to get to a point where you're getting the views, it just takes time. Like YouTube is a grind. Everyone talks about the grind and it literally is like your first year on YouTube. 
don't even think about numbers. Like if you, if you, if you, if, if you're there, I mean, if you're there for the right reason, if you, if you do YouTube because you enjoy it, then you're already on the right path. If you're there because you're like, Oh, I want, I want to turn this into a job and you're instantly thinking about numbers. It's going to be a very slippery slope because yeah, your first, your first year is brutal. Whether, I mean, the same thing is for like Twitch, right? You know, your, your first three, six months, you know, you might be streaming to two or three people, right. And it's going to be a while before you kind of, before, before you get somewhere. Um, so, so it's definitely, you definitely kind of got to like put that to one side. I would say try and stream to try and upload content to some kind of schedule. It doesn't have to be daily. Like day, I mean, daily is, is an option, but if people have jobs and they do have other things like that, I don't, it doesn't always have to be like that, but you need to realize that people consume content on YouTube kind of like TV, right? So if they know that you upload every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like at 5 PM at a certain time, they can then start to connect with that and they can be like, all right, I'll check back. You know, it doesn't matter if you're not daily, but at least you're uploading to a regular cadence. Then you need to like, you know, you need to make sure that other things are in, um, in line, like, you know, you've got good thumbnails because, you know, if people just upload to just with like raw gameplay thumbnails, it doesn't look, it's not very like, you don't want to click on it, right? So thumbnails need to make you want to click on the video. You've got to make sure your titles are, titles are good. Tags are something that people often don't realize Like you know, tags are incredibly important and they, they control where, how your video is in search. You need to make sure you're, you know, you're tagging these properly. But I, I definitely say one of the biggest things is just to try and build up like a schedule, like pick a game that works for you. Don't like, don't look and think, all right, Destiny is a massively popular game. I'm going to cover Destiny, even if you're not like hugely into Destiny. You've got to find a game that you're passionate about. It might be a niche game, and sometimes that actually works in your favor. Sometimes niche games don't have, I mean, to a certain extent, that happened with me with Monster Hunter. Like, there are too many people that cover Monster Hunter, partly because it was so hard to cover it because it was on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can you can build things around that. But you just find find a game that you're passionate about. Try and upload content to some sort of some sort of schedule, and then just keep it going and gradually you will see you will see results they will be slow like as you know without a doubt your first year will be like terribly slow like it's the the way on youtube is like getting to your first thousand subscribers is a very slow process then after that your next kind of big hurdle is like ten thousand subscribers and after that you, you know you'll see some like you'll probably get to say 20 30 thousand subscribers like a lot faster and then you know you hit you hit different kind of like milestones but yeah the the initial the initial grind is slow but if you can kind of get there then uh, and you're doing it for the right reasons if you're doing it because you're passionate then you know, you're, you should be able to, should be able to succeed. Can you break down tags real quick? Like just a, just a little, you know, just a, a little so, pointer for tags. So, ta- um, so, so tags, so the main thing about tags is like, you have, um, every, every, every sort of like individual word in there, like is something that YouTube can search for. Right. So, so and you need to, you need to also remember that like the order in which you tag things is, is important. So a lot of people, I'll see them, like if they if they if they do like a, a Mario game, they might put their their channel name in first. They'll be like, "All oh, right, my my channel's like Bob Does Gaming, right?" And then then it'll be like, "Oh, Nintendo Switch or, or you know, things like that." And then, but you need to you need to think about what's like what's most important. Effectively, your tags need to encapsulate what people are going to search, right? So if you're going to search for like Mario Odyssey gameplay, Mario Odyssey tutorials, Mario Odyssey walkthrough, these are the sort of things you want to try and capture in your tags because essentially anything that someone can type into the search bar, if that correlates with your tags, you have a better chance of it showing up. Okay. All right. That's Got good. It. So yeah. do tags affect, like, let's say, let's say somebody is cov- covering monster hunter. Would it, hmm. would it benefit them at all to put your name in their tags? Would their videos show up? You know, I mean, <laughs> technically speaking, you, yes. Cause if you are known for that, um, there's a bit of a shady practice. I mean, you, you can, you can like, I've seen some people do it before. Like you, you typically don't want to get into that because if you're trying to, if you're tagging with someone, cause, cause if you tag with something that isn't actually in the content, like, then I think that is actually against like YouTube terms of service. But technically speaking, if that person is known for that content and it appeared in your tags, there is a chance you could do that. But um, you tend to want to try and avoid avoid that kind of stuff. Just try and try and be a little bit more broad. Just try and make sure that you can kind of 
think about what people are searching for and try and make sure that that is in some way linked to your tags, then you have a little bit, a little bit more discoverability. But even so, early on, discoverability is, is also partly tied to the size of your channel. And of course, all, all, all like the, all the kind of the, the quantity of views and things like that. So even, even well tagged to begin with, you still might be a few pages deep. But obviously, as you begin, as you kind of get that regular cadence, because other things as well, like YouTube is a platform. Um, YouTube, like it's, it's, it's something that people kind of complain about, but you, you'll notice like a lot of channels use uh, make 10 minute videos. And there's a very important reason for that. And it's not, believe it or not, it's not actually just because people want to get ad money. It's actually because YouTube, the algorithm rewards people for keeping you on the platform. So if, if I make a longer video, YouTube is basically like, oh, by watching his video, they've, he, he's kept that person on the platform for 10 minutes. They're, they're in the YouTube space for 10 minutes. Whereas if someone else makes like a two minute video, then you're only holding them on YouTube for two minutes, right? So, and then as a result, people like YouTube rewards that. So that's, that's partly why people made a shift for longer form videos is actually because it also means your videos will be, you know, more discoverable as a result. So there's a lot of things like, that's one of the difficult things with YouTube and you'll often find if you're, if you're starting out, YouTube can change their algorithm like that, right? And if they do it, then they're not going to tell you, they're not going to send out a book value videos they'll just change it and you'll just have to one day your videos might just suddenly start tanking you'll be like what's gone wrong and it's down to you to find out so i see that's uh yeah okay so the other question i have which is not in the notes here but Hmm. scripts i've spent i've started doing game reviews and instead of just trying to like you know record gameplay and then just kind of just talk over it i'm spending you know three four hours sometimes writing up a, a full-on review mm. and then reading that review for about 10 minutes on yeah. on the video and i've seen way more success mm-hmm. than any of these just like talking over do you do you script a lot of stuff that you do i do yeah i mean i i script i probably script say i script like half of my video content um and it's, it's a very good thing to do because you you'll find that you know you can you can convey your thoughts a lot better especially if it's a review you want you, you want to make sure you're hitting all the important points and the plus if you if you try to if you tend to do it off the top of the off the top of your head like off the cuff like you i mean there are some people i know that do that and it can be great if you, if you can do it but the problem with that is that you often repeat yourself or you'll go over things again or you might miss things one of the biggest things that I would say like in a review is that you can be like, all right, I need to make sure I talk about the gameplay, the graphics, the audio, and you can make sure you, you chunk it out. But you know, I, for me, if I'm going to do like an informative video, if I'm going to do like a video about like uh, a very particular topic, or if like a game comes out and I want to hit certain beats or something like that, I will always script it. If I'm doing a video that is like, for example, some of my destiny ones, like the Zer video or the reset video that I don't need to script because it's just off the cuff. It's just like, here's where you can find Zer. Here's what you got for sale. I know where, I already know about the weapons. So I can just do all that quickly um and some of the most hunter stuff like if i was just doing like commentary over like a, a monster hunt i can kind of just talk passively about you know what's kind of what, what's you know what's going on but yeah if i if i want to talk about something very particular i will i will script it okay yeah and i mean it you know as far as far as script writing goes like i said i'm just basically reviewing writing up my review hmm. you know is there, do you have any do you have any pointers just on the script writing like do you, uh i mean i mean i i don't um I think it really depends from different people. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a writer. Like I've, I, I, you know, I, I was at school. I never really particularly liked writing essays or anything like that. And I, and I, so I, I don't, I wouldn't say my, my scripts are particularly complicated or anything like that. I, I, I literally, I write my scripts as I would talk in real life. So I don't, I don't do anything different. I just make sure like literally the only reason I write scripts is to make sure that I am hitting the points that I want to hit. So like, you know, in the, in the purpose of your review, I wouldn't say that this is how you should write your scripts. I'd just be like, write your scripts, how you speak. 
but just make sure that you're just literally use the scripts as like a checkbox, right? It's just like, all right, I'm making sure that I don't miss this. Cause, cause if you get the end of your review and you've spoken for like, cause what you might find is if you, if you were to do a review off your, off the cuff, you might speak for say 15 minutes, but those 15 minutes might not be as uh, like as, as well formed as if you've, as if you scripted it, because you might find that you've kind of doubled back and repeated something. You might've like spoken around a topic, but not quite in the way that you want to. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd, I'd literally just say that, you know, if, if, if there's a, if there's a way to script, it's just, it's just, script like like you right because what you don't want to do is you don't want to have them suddenly find if you've got two different types of videos like for me you can't normally tell much of a difference between the scripted videos and the non-scripted videos because I, I still speak the same way right if suddenly i put on like a news reporter voice for like my scripted videos and then just, just like chatty from other ones it'd be like this is a weird disconnect so yeah i just say write it you know write it the way you would and then just use it like that yeah i mean even bare minimum just an outline so that you can yeah. make sure you hit your points and then you can still kind of talk off the cuff, you know, but yeah, I, I, mean, I know some... for me, if I do that, I'll end up repeating myself on certain things. So I'm, I'm more yeah. of a, just write the whole thing out and, and no, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's great. And also what you, what you'll find as well, like, I mean, there's actually a time where probably in, I think my second year of YouTube, I scripted everything. And the reason I did it is because I already speak quite fast, but back then I spoke really fast and it was a, it was a wake up call for me, but strangely, a lot of like my American viewers couldn't understand me because I spoke too fast. Mm. And so I, I actually started, it was actually when I, when I made the shift and I started working in Microsoft's London offices and I started working with the camera guys, I started to script stuff because by reading a script, I could slow myself down and I could like, I could pace myself better. And it just sort of like sounded a lot more natural than me just trying to like, and just like, you know, get the words out and like run out of breath halfway through and be like, <sighs> breathe. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, no, no. So, so, so it helped me out a lot. And then like, as I started to feel comfortable, I started to script a little bit less. And then like now I've started to bring it back in. Um, and I mean, yeah, to your point of like bullet points, there's, there's kind of like a, a quick and dirty script I might do. Like if I don't want to script the whole thing, but I also don't want to just go completely off the cuff, then I will sometimes just write bullet points. Like say, for example, if there's been like a, a news update, I'll just quickly grab the bullet points and then I'll just, I'll still talk randomly as long as I'm hitting them. Um, but yeah, if I want to be super concise, like I did a Destiny law video like a little while back and I just wanted to make sure I got all the topics correct. So I just scripted the entire thing. Very cool. I got to tell you from the chat, Alka Seltzertini says, this dude is awesome, by the way. So um, <laughs> thank you. And uh, Deathless Poet says that really helps me a lot. Great advice. So this is uh, awesome. This, I'm glad. Is, this has been great, man. We're uh, we're just about at that hour mark. And so I, I do want to shift it back to Nintendo real quick. Cool. You uh, one. I see Amiibo behind you. Uh, yeah, which that four pack is uh, is glorious. I don't even know if they have it in the states. I'm not sure. I, not? I, I I'm not sure. I know we got. I got all four of them individually, but uh, ah. um, I like that four pack. It looks it looks awesome. Do you, have a, do you have a large idea. collection of amiibo? Or uh, I wonder if it will. Oh, you got on... a, you got a couple. You know, just yeah, just 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 a few, just a few. <laughs> I uh, I like so I, I collect all the um all the. Smash Brothers ones, okay. pretty much. Yeah. I had to draw the line somewhere because they started just releasing like everything, and I was like, you know what? If I will go bankrupt if I buy all of these, so I so I I only bought the Smash Brothers ones, the Zelda ones, and a few select odd ones here and there. Um, so I definitely don't have them all, but I've got a decent collection. Yeah. Okay. I I have them all. Really? And they're not opened. Oh wow! That okay. Uh, that that that's impressive. Let me let me clarify. I don't I don't haven't imported any, so I don't have any of the Monster Hunter ones, and I don't ah. have the two Skylander ones. So I do um, have the Monster Hunter ones. But yeah, I I may import them just because they look awesome. But uh, are, yeah. um, 
I do want to hit our, our retro question here. And you picked up a SNES classic. I did. Yes. Yeah. What was the first game that you uh, that you played when you uh, hooked that thing? up? Um, it was actually. Well, technically speaking, it was just the first one in the list because I was doing a video on it. So I was just basically going through oh, alphabetical okay. order. Yeah. Um, so not very, not very. And I can't, I can't even remember what that is. Right, <laughs> um, right. But the first one that I actually wanted to play was Star Fox, just so I could unlock Star Fox 2. Okay. What did you so think of Star that, Fox 2 when you finally unlocked it? <laughs> I, <think it's> a, <laughs> I, um, I mean, it wasn't as great as I thought. I, so here's the thing, right? I, I, I was talking about the other day about, about retro games. I, I, love, I love going back, but I always find that like, if you go back to a game that you have played before, it's fine. You can play it as much as you want. If you never played that game before, it's hard to go back. So, for example, I even though it's, it's not like the most retro thing, I could go back now and play Ocarina of Time, despite the, the you know despite the controls. Whereas if I if someone hadn't played Ocarina of Time, I probably wouldn't tell them to play it because they wouldn't appreciate it the same way that I did at the time, right? But I can go back and play it because I've got that connection. Whereas, for example, I have never played Final Fantasy VII, and I just can't do it. I can't go back and play it because it's just janky as hell for me i'm like i just, I, I just, I just can't right so so I, th- I think in that respect because i didn't play star fox 2 before um i just i just i just couldn't do it i just sat there and I, I was driving into the wall and i was like i can't i can't do this <laughs> so it was uh yeah you know it makes total sense like i i've i've totally seen that where people are like you've never played this you got to do it there's some games that hold up certain games yeah. will hold up they're just they're they're fine you can you know other games are like, oof, if I got no nostalgia for this, there's uh, like exactly nostalgia is like those rose tinted glasses that you have to have on to go back for certain yeah. games. So, yeah, 100 percent. Well, man, this has been a blast. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time on your uh, on no, your well, weekend. Thank you for having me. So this was uh, this was a ton of fun. Everybody in chat, thank you for being here. We really, really appreciate it. Um, will you tell everybody all the places they can find um, you and, and your content? Sure, sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so you can find predominantly most of it is on youtube.com forward slash arexg. So that's A-R-E-K-K-Z-G. That's where most of the content goes up. There's Nintendo stuff, there's Destiny stuff, Monster Hunter stuff. Uh, also, 26 Streams over on twitch.tv forward slash 269. So he's the one that like behind the scenes on the channel, but he does a lot of streaming six days a week. Uh, and you can find me on, on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash arex, just A-R-E-K-K-Z. And that's uh, most of the places I'm at. I'm obviously on other things like Instagram and all that, but we'll keep it for, for those for now yeah and i gotta tell you guys if you're ever at a con or any kind of event where you get the chance to meet this guy make sure you do it like say hi i'm not scary we got to talk for about 30 seconds at the destiny 2 Mm. reveal that was about it was just kind of it was chaos there everybody was trying to give footage and everything like that and so but uh yeah Thank you. Thanks again, man. This guy's he's a super cool dude. Alka-Seltzer-Tini is absolutely right. He's he is awesome. So, um, guys, you're going to find me on Twitter, Twitch. Everything's N64Josh. Um, this uh, this show is typically live. It's it's going to be live every Tuesday on twitch.tv slash N64Josh at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Otherwise, you can uh, you can watch it on on my YouTube channel or just listen on any uh, any podcast provider. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play. Um, if you have a second, if you're enjoying this show, 
you could leave us a review on on iTunes. It would be great. Helps keep us and, and get us into the top two hundred. So we kind of fluctuate in and out of there right now. So um, would like to kind of solidify a spot. So those reviews really help with that. And uh, don't forget if you want to get your free audiobook from Audible, it's audibletrial.com slash NPC. The chair I'm sitting in, opseat.com, coupon code N64Josh. If you want to start your own podcast, it's podbean.com slash NPC. So, Eric's, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys Tuesday. Take it easy. See ya.